You're listening to Theological Sidebar, where I, your host, will take you through a beautiful discussion of things that are interesting that come from the biblical text and the crazy world around us. Buckle your seatbelt. Here we go. Hit that subscribe button. Check out our YouTube channel. Um, I think that's about it. We'll talk to you later. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Glad you could be sitting with us for another Theological Sidebars conversation. And uh, so today we're going to be talking about fasting, 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 fasting. Um, So let's deal with this. We'll look at uh, our passage, Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 16. And, uh, And notice what he says here is, Whenever you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces, that their fasting is truly obvious to people. But truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that your fasting isn't obvious to others, but your Father who is in secret, to bet to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. All right, so just a couple things we need to think about. I think I think it's pretty clear when you read this um, that you know Jesus is making the case, um, or at least implying heavily that for his followers there is going to be a time uh, when we do fast. Go back and look at the passage again. Um, you'll see verse sixteen. Uh, whenever you fast, look at seventeen. When you fast. Um, And so that is some of the stuff that we need to keep in mind is that the implication is here is heavily that um, that we will be a people who will fast. And this will be referenced later on uh, when they ask him, how come his disciples aren't fasting right now? And he says, well, when the the bridegroom is here, um, we're not going to do that. Um, But there will come a time. And so when we read this, we should be aware um, that it should probably be part of the regular Um, Christian experience. Now, here's the thing. It's not in here uh, how often you should fast. Uh, It it isn't. Jesus is not telling us how much. Now, if you read the the Didache, uh, which I've put over here, which is an early Christian document, um, and it is just a tradition that was passed, but very, very early um, in in uh, church history, uh, notice what they say here, and I gotta put my glasses back on because it's I can't read it from here. Uh, he says, "Let not your fastings be with the hypocrites, for they fast on the second and the fifth day of the week, but do ye keep your fast on the fourth and on the preparation day, six, uh, the sixth day?" Okay, so uh, they are interacting the material. They're interacting with the material um, that uh, that uh, comes from the Sermon on the Mount, and so here they're saying is, "Don't be like the hypocrites who they were fasting two days a week." Now, why they were fasting two days a week, I am not sure, but it does seem that there was a this was the regular practice of the Jews. And so, what does he say is that, or at least the Didache is not a he. Uh, it seems to it, tradition is that it was the teaching uh, from the apostles, but that's just tradition, right? Um, 
And uh, but it says, no, don't do like what they're doing. Uh, change the days. So there would have been like a Monday, Thursday, and then they're being told to do like a Wednesday, Friday, Wednesday, Friday uh, is for your fasting. Now, OK, so that's not in the Bible, though. That's just something that's tradition uh, is, you know, here fast two days a week. Uh, but we do see that was an early practice. So from early Christians, it would have done two days a week. Uh, the Jews were doing two days a week. But once again, that's not in the text. Um, their practice, at least Jewish practice, was in the text, but but not in the text for us. Um, there's only one day that's commanded in the scripture. Now there, there are obviously commands of you know leaders saying we are going to you know hold a fast, but there's only one day that was ever commanded for the people of God to fast. So that should also tell you about the significance of fasting, or t- at least. Um, the uh, you know that the, the the place it should have right is because it's only mandated one time, um, and so that's uh, that's going to be Leviticus chapter sixteen talking about the Day of Atonement, right? So when the Day of Atonement is uh, is uh, comes into place, this is the one day a year where the high priest goes behind the veil. The people are told uh, that they are to uh, the the words are using like self. Um, the, the, you know, they were going to hold back that they were supposed that we translate it as fasting. Um, but that's what the day is that the people are supposed to, uh, is to make sure that they, uh, have, have, um, that they are going to, you know, not, not just fast, it seems, but there were other things that they were supposed to do. So it's called self-denial. If you look at uh, Leviticus 16, 29, uh, this is the permanent statute for you in the seventh month and the seventh day, uh, you're to practice self-denial and do no work. So it seems like, okay, at least there might be a case to be made that for the Christian, we should at least do it once a year. I think that'd be good if you've not even started to at least say once a year I'm going to do it. And for the Christian, I believe, you know, Good Friday uh, is the fulfillment of well the whole Easter weekend, but Good Friday is the fulfillment of of that. I think it's kind of interesting how in church history, you know, you have Lent tie in. There is a fasting period all the way up until Easter, but Good Friday would be a good, uh, I think, maybe a good practice. Um, to, to pick your day. Um, but then, you know, like I said, there's no, there's no command that we see in the new Testament to do this, but we see them doing it. So Acts 13, uh, if you want to go over to your Bible there, you can look at Acts 13. And so I'll put it here, Acts 13. And it says at uh, the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius, Cyrene, Manian, a close friend of Herod, the Tetrarch. Uh, and they, as they were a uh, friend of us uh, and Saul, as they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. And after they had fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them out. So, um, and I just read that to you. There you go. There's the passage right there. Um, Fasting is part of, you know, big decisions uh, to send people out, asking what God's will is going to be. And so uh, it seems like, if, if anything, church leaders, we should try to be, I think, mindful that that's something that we should call our leadership to do in certain occasions, that there might be things that we need to just ask the people 
to do with us. Uh, and maybe we don't do it because people aren't used to it, right? Maybe we don't do it so much because that's not typically something that we're used to. Or maybe you haven't felt comfortable. But you know what? That doesn't matter. Um, we want to. Now, I think here, here's the deal. This is probably where maybe some might be nervous to do this. It's just simply you don't want to be seen as breaking Matthew 6, right? You don't want to be seen as somebody saying, brothers, you know, we should all fast, um, you know, and because, you know, you, you, know, you, you want people to say, well, he's just asking because he wants to be seen as the super spiritual leader of us all, you know, so, and it might be true, but that's not the point. And, and you shouldn't be doing that either, right? So there is a piece where you, I, I think is you kind of, as an individual, you should be thinking about fasting and keeping that as something that you do for you personally, however you want to do that regularly, whether that's regularly yearly, which I think is the, should be a minimum, just just my opinion. We're not under the law anymore, but I think it's a minimum daily, a, a yearly fasting. Um, but, you know, maybe you want to go a little more regular. Uh, but I think the other time is I think we as church leaders should, should be looking and saying we're going to have things in our year that we're going to ask our people, whether it's our people or at least our leadership to fast for. So I know that um, during the end of last year, um, you know, there were uh, there was another uh, brother and I that there was something going on that both we just felt we should do this together. And so we didn't tell anybody. Um, we, you know, we we kept it silent. I think only our wives knew. Um, and that was it. And um, and and nobody needs to know. So I won't tell you who it was. I won't tell you when, you know. Um, you know, because if you say, well, that must be that time you looked disheveled. Uh, listen, I look disheveled all of the time. Let's just get that out in the open. So uh, there cannot be a general date that you can pick and say he looked more so. That would almost be impossible. Okay. So, but maybe that is it. Look, I'm always putting oil on, so to speak. I will smell good. But the disheveled face thing, I don't do this intentionally. It just happens that way. But I digress. So listen, I do think the leadership of your church, of our church, should be thinking, um, what are things that we do? We need to seek God in. Um, and we need to put those down. We need to be praying about those. I had a conversation this morning about church culture. And there are things definitely, I think, that every church deals with as their culture. There's good pieces of culture. There's bad pieces of culture. Um, and we should be praying that our church could continue to look more like what Jesus wants for us. So I think those are things you can pray for, too, that God, would you raise up more people like this? God, would you do this? Would you, would you uh, put a fire in the hearts of the people to do things? I think those are pretty big things. I think big moves coming up. You see that in the Old Testament when big things are happening. You've got a big, big event about to take place or some sort of looming catastrophe or maybe it's somebody uh, who's ill uh, that on their deathbed, that kind of thing. Those are all times I think that are significant that maybe you might call leaders to or at least your group that you belong to. So think about those things. I think we should be, you know, I think I made the comment the other day um, that for, for Baptists, we almost do the opposite, right? Somebody's sick. We bring them dinner. Please continue to bring dinner. But we should remember too, that like somebody's like 
really hurt. Maybe we should also think like, I'll bring you dinner, but maybe as I bring you dinner, look at my arms. If I bring you dinner, I am going to forego mine in praying for you. That might cut down though on our hospitality abilities. If everybody felt like, ah, oh, crud, if we're going to bring the pates of lasagna tonight, that means we're not getting tacos. So let's just um, let them fend for themselves. That's not what I'm talking about, but just find out something that works for you as a reminder of how can you pray? Because remember, we're the absence of food or the absence, whether you do a partial, absolute, or normal fast, um, you know, and I think you can go look. I think we did an OTXNT about that in a previous episode. Um, but regardless, uh, you know, those should be things that say, okay, that hunger's there, that desire's there. I'm going to go turn to God for it. So, hey, that's all I got for you right now. I hope this is helpful. And uh, we will talk to you a little bit later. Take care. Bye-bye.